Whitney Houston could not have sung it better. Oh, that's a different song, isn't it? Anyway, in response to this video from the Jim Baker show a few years ago, I don't know, maybe it's like seven years ago, something like that, some still bring this up as if it was ever a point. Believe me, it's not. We'll show you. Uh, it has millions of views because, of course, YouTube prefers lies and information, especially from Pharisees, which YouTube was founded by. Oh, how about that? Uh, especially when it comes to the Bible, which YouTube knows nothing about. Imagine that. YouTube is supposed to be determining what is preferred and who are experts of the Bible when they're not experts in the first place and have no right to determine it. Uh, this is just <laughs> wrong. Uh, but we're talking about here the birth of our Savior. What do Pharisees know about that? They condemned him, right? I mean, I know. This is basically Rabbi John Kahn, uh, very appropriately named. Yes, he's Messianic. But we all know that is Messianic Judaism, right? That's a different religion from the Bible. The Jewish Encyclopedia records Rabbinic Judaism is the continuation of Pharisaism, which is the opposite and rebuked by Yahushua many times in the Bible. He is practicing and representing that which Yahushua outright rebuked as lies, a paradigm of hypocrites, etc. The synagogue of Satan, the seat of Satan. Really, really bad things. Uh, Yahushua hated their doctrines. Hated. And we should too. That's the paradigm, not the people, of course. Khan makes a few points in this video, which he clearly does not get from the Bible, which he most certainly does not even know. And that's pretty pathetic, especially for someone calling themselves a rabbi. But instead, it comes from Phariseeism. Ah, see, that's what rabbis are. They're Pharisees. As usual, he's just making crap up or following those who do. Uh, just like his failed Shemitah prophecies uh, that even blame Yahuwah for 9-11. Yes, he does that. Nope, he had nothing to do with it. Once again, this is not a position, of course, although it sounds good. Let's break this down so all can see there is zero basis in this interview to determine when Yahushua was even born, and this rabbi knows nothing of lambing season in Israel, which he gets wrong. Something he's never done, and obviously is not an expert. He doesn't even know the Bible's sacrifice, even from Exodus, and that is truly pathetic for a so-called rabbi. Rabbis are not experts on Torah, though. That shouldn't be a surprise to most of us. They change it in their Talmudic lens, says Mark 7, 9. Read it. So, unfortunately, this all is pretty bad, but Baker is just sitting there gawking like a court gesture, uh, a jester, because he, he, he doesn't know any of these things. His depth in scripture is, is less than a child. It's really bad. Um, and so go watch the interview. The link will be in the description box. Feel free to do so. We can't play it because if we do, we get slapped with copyright claims and 
you know, all kinds of things to try to damage our channel. And if you get three copyright strikes, in fact, you're out. No more on YouTube, period. Uh, yet, it is against the law for them to stop us, per the Fair Use Act, which we're allowed to offer the video and offer commentary. They YouTube doesn't seem to know the law or really care. And, oh well. Let's get started. Now, let's begin with lambing season, one of his biggest claims here. Uh, in Israel, in Israel specifically, we're going to deal with that from, well, farmers who actually know lambing season. Uh, John Kahn does not. He uses it as a benchmark here uh, for Yahusha's birth, but he, he doesn't even know what he's talking about. There is no scripture, first of all, that says Yahushua was born during lambing season. Never is that used as a criteria. Uh, and we'll deal with the old Passover lamb claim uh, as well. Hang on in this video. Uh, but it's not a factor, and nothing narrows it down to that even. He made it up as usual, well, or he follows those who did. For those who may not know, lambing season is a reference to when lambs are birthed. Okay, so it's lamb birthing season, really. Um, is it only one month of the year that temple lambs can be birthed? Uh, no, that's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Certainly not scripture uh, and nonsense. Not according to the Bible, we'll show you. Uh, and we'll show you the actual scriptures. We're going to get there. Yes, this is not going to be a short video. Because when they take this leaven and put it out there, it takes longer to unravel it than it does to put it out. That's just a reality. So if you want to know, watch. Watch the whole thing. And uh, oh, by, not, not according to farmers, you know, the guys who actually birth the lambs. <laughs> yeah, oops. In all fairness, Khan does admit first. Uh, before he starts to break it down further and go into where he takes a, a truth and spins it into a lie, uh, as Pharisees do. I mean, that's just standard practice for them. This shouldn't be a surprise. Uh, but he first admits that basically it's not just one month or really two weeks, which is what he's basically saying. He just doesn't know it because uh, he doesn't know the lambing season. He doesn't understand it. He doesn't know anything about it. Though he's often his estimate, he claims, you know, it's February, February, March, basically. Uh, except for it's not. No, sorry. Farmers say the in Israel, the guys that raise lambs, native lambs, to Israel, they say that lambs are birthed from November to March. Oops. Duh. I mean, he, he, again, he just doesn't know the facts. He doesn't represent them. And even if he misspoke in this interview, this is his key lynch point. So you can't misspeak on that and be claimed to be anything other than a liar in this regard. So, but then in really witchcraft, he tells you it is only, you know, one month, really two weeks. That's what he's saying, if you break it down. Uh, basically, though, even though he says it's a two-month period, which it's actually four uh, what he's saying is it's only a two-week period that lambs that could be used in temple sacrifice could possibly be born because he can't read. Sorry. He contradicts himself. We'll show you the scripture. You can see for yourself. You can read, right? And, well, he can't. 
That's the only conclusion you can come to. Either he's a liar or he can't read. It's one or the other, or both. We think it's both. Now, he contradicts himself here, uh, really admitting the requirement of the birth of Messiah with the shepherds you know, being in the fields. That's what this is all about. Is merely that they be there at that time of year, which is what? Well, the time of year the shepherds are in the fields is not just lambing season. That's stupid. That is ridiculous uh, to say that, that they wouldn't be there at night other times of year. Uh, because in ancient times, I mean, the assumption is that everybody has sophisticated ranches. Uh, you know, and even then, it may not be true. But it's November to March, actually, according to farmers. You know, the guys that are that are taking care of, even doctors for that matter, which is the article we're going to show you. Uh, basically, in this false criteria, he just made room for the occult Christmas in, in essence. Uh, but see, he doesn't because he lies. And he tells you the lambing season starts in February when it actually starts in November. Oops. Except for Christmas can't possibly be accurate. And by the way, lambing season has nothing to do with shepherds in the field. Oops. They prefer to birth the lambs in their stalls, not out in the field where a wolf could attack, you know, a, I mean, a, a easy prey. You've got to be kidding. Oh, but the shepherds would be watching. Well, of course they would. They better. But how many lambs are you talking about? It might be a lot being born at once. You're going to take them all out in the field and put them in harm's way. Yeah, not, not really sensible. Again, there are some that didn't have, though, sophisticated ranches. So they were always in the field, uh, you know, pretty much, except for uh, they would go into a cave or something like that uh, during the winter. And that's not, you know, un unbelievable. Now, again, there is no verse that ties lambing season to the birth of Yahushua. It's just made up. Khan is just making that up. That's it. He followed the covenant with Abraham and the son of promise, Isaac's birth and sacrifice in dates. And he matches exactly by the way. We'll deal with this at the end. I'll show you. Now he's right. They were not in the field in December. That's true. Uh, which most know, even pastors will say that from the pulpit, but then they'll ignore it and go ahead and keep Messiah's birthday on the day of the sun god, on December 25th, which is the enemy of Yahusha. Probably not very smart, just saying. D Jeremiah said it was not smart. Uh, he used the word brutish, which is the old English word for stupid, when he addresses pastors on this very issue about the Christmas tree, in fact. Except that is still lambing season, by the way. So Khan's point, eh, wrong. It's just absolutely wrong. Uh, however, Khan admits in his own words, the rabbis say in the Talmud, he says more than once in this interview, whoops, well, that's not the Bible, is it? Oh, yeah, that, that's a problem because that's an occult document of the ramblings of rabbis. And man, if you read the Talmud, we have, and if you read it, you would just, many of you would say, this has got to be the most ridiculous fiction I've ever read. And there's even some very disgusting doctrines in there, not not just lying to the goyim, but even things like 
you know, it's okay for a rabbi to molest a child uh, to a certain age as long as he doesn't have a connection. You, as long as he's a psychopath, it's okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, just the dumbest things in the Talmud that we've ever read. Uh, it's almost as bad as the Quran and looks like it's written by similar characters. That's the problem. Uh, it, it just, the tone and tenor is lousy. It certainly doesn't read his scripture and is not. However, this is a true statement. Historically, shepherds were only in the fields, technically, about March until the next rainy season in autumn. So you see that? That's on the screen there even. That is accurate. And you should have just stopped there. See, but okay, so autumn is fall. That's a six-month window. And that's as far as this rabbi ever breaks anything down in a sensible way. Uh, sure, sounds good, and he has, you know, all kinds of little things, you know, that sound so good, and, you know, they're ear-tickling. That's what they are. They're not true, but they're ear-tickling. He's good at that. He's very good at that. Uh, what he's not good at is actual, credible research in truth. Uh, so Yahusha was born sometime between March and early October or so, that's accurate if he would have just stopped there. Uh, however, he doesn't. Uh, this is where Rabbi Khan takes a truth, then he turns it into a lie or Pharisee leaven, uh, embellishment, whatever you want to call it. Uh, he says it was strange that the shepherds would be in the field at night in ancient times, yet, well, David was, and um, there, there is nothing that says that it was a practice to only go into the field for lambing season, especially since lambing season includes December, which he says shepherds aren't in the field. So make up your mind there, Khan. You guy can't have it both ways. You either tell the truth or you don't, because he's he's got a conflict just right there. He doesn't actually know is the problem, because he's not a Bible expert, whether alone a sheep expert, and he didn't consult anyone who was, clearly. Uh, he is an expert, perhaps, of the Talmud and its erroneous interpretation of Torah, which Yahusha directly rebuked in Mark 7-9 as against Torah. Understand that. That's what we're dealing with, and that's why we have to go through so much in this video to unravel this. The reality for lots of reasons, especially transporting the sheep uh, to good pastures uh, and rotating uh, as well. You know, grass only lasts so long, you know. Uh, you only want to let it get so short. You, you don't want it to die. Uh, you know, so you move to a different pasture and you move the sheep around, which is the norm. And sometimes you move them far enough that that would require you staying overnight. This is not a surprise to anyone who knows how to use a little bit of logic. But he instead does the opposite and says they're never in the field any other time of year, only during lambing season. And lambing season is actually almost all of it occurs in the winter when they're not in the fields. Duh. Says he, even. Again, he's at odds with himself. That's a problem. The assumption that in ancient times they had these tidy ranches with these massive fences miles long uh, and sophisticated farming techniques, uh, sorry, but that just wasn't the case, uh, but agreed they were not in the field in December in Israel. 
It's too cold. Uh, the grass is not growing in Israel. Understand the, the grass dies or, you know, goes brown later in the year. Uh, and then you have the regrowth in the spring. Um, and, you know, that's, that's not good to eat. So it's, it's not a good time. So you store up and you, and you keep them safe, uh, from the cold. Uh, though sheep do have pretty thick fur. So, but he is right. It does sometimes even snow in December in Israel. That's true. And, uh, but even, even when it doesn't, the conditions are not right for sheep to be in the field at night. It's even colder at night, even if it's not snowing, could be freezing temperature or close to it. The thing is, though, lambing season, again, the birthing of lambs is far better in a controlled environment when one can, not out in the fields, where you have all of these lambs popping out uh, at similar times, and, you know, the wolves foaming at the mouth, and the lions, because there were lions in Israel in those days. Yes, the Bible says so more than once. Regardless, this isn't even a point. So already you can see this is nonsense. Rabbi John Kahn said, and we can't show you again because YouTube will trample the fair use act. Uh, they always do uh, in these cases, especially when we're exposing Pharisee Babel. Uh, so there is one time of the year when shepherds would especially be out with their flocks at night. That is false, period. Only one false, period. That's in the springtime. Absolutely false, ridiculously illiterate. There, there, there's at least a four-month window for lambing season, which he got wrong, but he even admitted was two months. So he's wrong even to his own testing. And he even said before, there's actually a six-month window for that. Uh, it's from the spring all the way through the fall, um, as far as shepherds being in the field with their flocks. So he says that, but then he retracts it and he goes backwards and he says, it's not true. It is true. It's not true. Now, the guy doesn't know what he's talking about very clearly. Why are we watching their flocks or why were they watching the flocks? He says, uh, I'm sorry, do shepherds uh, uh, ever not watch their flocks at other times of year? I mean, doesn't that sound like nonsense to you? Because it certainly does to us. Well, he's lying. It's not a truth. He's already stretching right there. All hours, he says. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> all hours? Where does it say in the Bible that they watch the sheep? All hours. It doesn't say that. It's not there. He just made that up and inserted it. Uh, yet, at the same time, why would shepherds ever not be watching their sheep, especially at night, any time of year. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Uh, so are they not shepherds? Are you kidding? Uh, you know, especially at night. What? Oh, wolves, lions. Oh, my. Yeah. Stay with us. We'll be right back. I'm Michael Severs, the writer, producer, and creator of The Silver King's War, a podcast series about my father's Second World War as a B-26 bombardier. Stanley L. Silverfield, a first lieutenant in the United States Army Air Corps from Birmingham, Alabama, 
Road in the Nose, the greenhouse of the famed Martin Marauder. You can find The Silver King's War wherever you listen to podcasts. Because shepherds during one particular time do that, he says. That is a lie, unless what you mean is during lambing season, which is November through March. Oops, that's a pretty big window, and that's not one time, because he means one time in the spring. Only two weeks of it is in the spring. The rest of it is mostly in the winter, and even some in the late fall. Ridiculous. This is not a point. And yet we've had people say, oh, but as they say, that, let me be clear, this is not a point. If, if in fact, uh, they don't always watch their sheep, they are lousy shepherds. Got that? Now, it's when the sheep give birth to lambs, he says, in the lambing season. Okay, so now he doesn't actually know what that is because he screws it up uh, and, and, you know, gives the wrong time of year. It's pretty bad. Uh, he, he gets half of it, but he's only half right. Uh, and that means he's not right. Uh, last we checked. Shepherds do not have to go into the field to birth the lambs, however. Remember that. that. That is, I mean, they can birth them in the stalls. And to think that they would prefer to take them out in the field unprotected rather than birth them in their stalls, assuming they have that, uh, I mean, that's just false. Just false. It doesn't pass the test of reason. Not according to those who raise native sheep to this day, and not according to Scripture, which, well, he clearly doesn't know nor really read, uh, at least not unless it's through the Talmudic lens, which is erroneous. Khan said, Lambs are not like people. Okay, there's a truth. He's, he's right. Lambs are not like people, although they are equated in Scripture many times, many ways, but agreed. Uh, a lamb is not a person. Agreed. Uh, they are only born at one time. Again, trying to represent that only spring, which was a lie, complete lie, even from his own mouth earlier in the interview, because he said February to March, that is lambing season. February, last I checked, is still winter. Half of March, last I checked, almost two-thirds of March, or three-quarters of March, is still winter. Oops. You know, so it's a misrepresentation in whole. Uh, and a really bad one. Uh, it, it just unnecessary. Why he would even go on and do an interview to say something so dumb, really, it, it's just, it, it's nonsense. So basically over this four-month window of lambing season, uh, then there's a six-month window of when the shepherds could be in the field, uh, which would include Shavuot, by the way, just saying. Uh, so, But he, he does, just doesn't know. Farmers do, though. So let's go to a farmer and see what they actually say. See, this is not one month or really two weeks as he's characterizing it, nor even the two months he initially characterizes it and then retracts on that and says it's only two weeks. I know. He's trying to say based on the Bible, which he doesn't know, and we're going to deal with that scripture in Exodus. Don't worry. Uh, basically, though, three out of the four seasons are represented in lambing season. Late fall, winter, all of it, and early spring. Very, very early spring. 
for about a week. Yeah, okay. Uh, maybe two, if you want to call it that. Now, by the way, which also happens to be before Passover most years, because he tries to, to tie this to the Passover, and you can't do it. You just can't do it. It doesn't work because they're birthed before Passover, not on Passover. And uh, again, they're birthed all the way back in November and December and January and February and early March, not just in the spring. So now he admits they could actually be born as early as February, uh, which means he didn't actually make a point and he's at odds with himself because uh, that's a contradiction very clearly. Uh, and he's wrong. That That's not even true. Farmers who raise the sheep say that they actually, that what they call lambing season, sheep are birth from November to March, late November to late March. That's what they say. Understand that lambs are actually in reality, native lambs in Israel, according to farmers on screen, Here's the article uh, from a farm in Israel raising native lambs. Mm. This is what they say, November to late November to late March, which again, many years is before Passover. Oops. Um, (laughs) And some years they're born during Passover when it's early. Sure. However, likely not. Uh, So understand That is not a criteria for the Passover lamb. He doesn't know how to read. So we're going to deal with that passage. He tries to make the connection, and that too is a lie. Uh, He doesn't know the Bible sacrifice. We'll show you. Many years, Passover is in April, uh, as many of you know who followed it uh, even recently. Uh, And even on the wrong Jewish calendar uh, that Khan uses, still, that's the case. So he knows better, yet still tries to drive in this point, which he tries to stretch to the spring, as if that's lambing season when it's not. So the whole thing is fallacious, and it's based on faulty assumption of a Pharisee. So most of the lambing season, actually winter, uh, even the end of fall, and a little sliver is the end of March, yes, about a week to two weeks in spring, Uh, And that's it, uh, of the four months. So basically, though, you take the eight days, which we're going to show you the scripture in a minute, uh, that they have to be at least eight days old uh, in order to be used in sacrifice in scripture. That's what the Bible says. Eight days, not one year. Oh, eight days to a year. Oh, yeah. Let me show you, and you'll see for yourself. Uh, He doesn't know the Bible sacrifice. Not a surprise. He's a Pharisee. Pharisees uh, represent the opposite of the Bible. It's complete ignorance, though. Now, he'll tell you the criteria is spring, 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 and that's what you'll keep hearing. He'll keep repeating that in witchcraft, yet he already undermined that because he's saying lambing season. And the only thing that he has going for him is trying to qualify that these are the only the lambs for the temple are only born in that, what, one week to two week window at the end of spring in March? Well, that's a lie too. Again, we'll read you the scripture. It never says so. 
Then Rabbi Rong tells us, according to the other Rabbi Rongs, the Pharisees, uh, a different worship system opposite of the Bible. Uh, there are no Pharisees in the Old Testament. Go look it up. Oops. They are not legitimate temple priests, but the defilers of the temple and the usurpers of the priesthood in 165 BC, uh, and Khan is included in that characterization to this day. Watch who defiled the temple. That is what history says and always has. Who cares what their practices were? They opposed the Bible, said Messiah, numerous times. Still do, as does Khan, really, even in this misrepresentation uh, of an interview here. Uh, as his Messiah, not actually Yahusha. No, no. Uh, he then says, Bethlehem especially is where the lambs for the temple sacrifice were born. According to what scripture? Well, there aren't any. That's nonsense. There are lots of hills good for grazing in the hill country of Judea, uh, especially which includes far more than Bethlehem, even in that area, in fact, whether alone all of the other options around the country uh, at any given time, where sheep were indeed raised throughout ancient Israel. I mean, this is just nonsense. He made it up, or they did, either way. I mean, it sounds good, and, and then, you know, he'll, he'll keep building on these falsehoods, but these aren't points, they're lies. Uh, it's Pharisee 11, right there, you can see. Uh, it's not true. Unnecessary embellishment. Did temple sheep originate only in Bethlehem? Well, no, that's a lie. Uh, again, there is no scripture. We'll use this article, though, to demonstrate, as this guy found what we did and was well-spoken about it, uh, there's nothing to support Khan's claim, which is a Pharisee claim, that temple sheep came from Bethlehem. It's false. Uh, this is an article debunking popular Christian time myths by Chad Bird uh, regarding temple shepherds living in Bethlehem. Uh, no scripture ever says that as an exclusive place to raise sheep used in temple sacrifice. It's nonsense. It does not occur in scripture anywhere. He writes, this opinion popularized long ago by Alfred Edersheim. Oh, wait a minute. That's a Jew who infiltrated. Yes, that's what most are in scholarship, especially as they do not abandon Phariseeism. See, Paul did. Paul abandoned Phariseeism in order to enter the, the what we call Christian paradigm uh, in, in order to serve Yahusha because you can't serve two masters. His book, In the Life and Times of Jesus the Messiah, is based on scanty evidence, we'd agree, typical Pharisee, or better said, on nothing, right? Drawn from the Mishnah. There's the problem. That's the source of this crap. The basic compendium of Jewish law, not Bible law, and nothing to do with the Bible. The opposite of it. This is when they wrote down their oral traditions, which in Mark 7, 9, is exactly what Yahusha rebuked. This is the document behind the vague references on social media posts to Jewish practice or ancient tradition at the time of Jesus, Yahusha. But when was the Mishnah dated? Maybe 50 BC or AD uh, 75? Uh, no, <laughs> around AD 200. That is, needless to say, 
two centuries after the events that transpired on the night Jesus, Yahushua, was born. Oh, and he fails to notice, because most scholars are ignorant of the synagogue of Satan, they've lost track of them, uh, he was a Pharisee quoting Pharisees, and Khan is quoting that trash. Hmm. And wait, somehow, that's even gotten into the church and believed as fact and repeated by Bible scholars. Yeah, some even do, and it's illiterate. Now, what about Bethlehem? Is that the only place on all of earth where temple sheep uh, come from uh, used in sacrifices? Well, no, that's not scripture. Again, there's none that ever says so. Everyone does realize... Oh, yeah, let's, uh, let's make this point. Do you realize Solomon, especially the temple dedication, he had thousands of sheep at once, and there's no way he got them all from Bethlehem. But that's just a little logic. Sorry that I would apply that. Everyone does realize, though, Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, and the whole time they were sacrificing sheep that most certainly did not come from Bethlehem. Oops, right? I mean, wow. And they tell us one cannot sacrifice outside of the temple, which is, well, not Bible, but stupid. There was no temple in the wilderness. There was no temple for, yes, there was a tabernacle, not the same thing. There was no temple for Noah, who also did so. Oops. Yeah, he sacrificed animals. No temple for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who also did so. Oops. They do not know nor represent Scripture. They make up their own. And these are, that's typical Pharisee, as Yahushua told us many times. This author addresses this well. He tells us, just as our researchers found, the origin of that tale is the same book from the Pharisee, uh, we just discussed, uh, who is getting it from the Mishnah, written by Pharisees and false. Of course, Pharisees who had Yehusha crucified, uh, you know, when they wrote a book shortly after, a uh, hundred years later or so, gee, do you think somehow they all got saved? Uh, no, none of them did, because any that did left the paradigm, ultimately, like Paul. Uh, yeah, right. Now, we all know better. He notes, unlike the earlier opinion on the Temple Shepherds about the same book, this one is not even built on scanty evidence, he says. It is built on thin air. Wow. Well said. We agree, as we as well find zero evidence of this whatsoever. Scripture never makes such a claim or connection and let's be clear, modern Pharisees called Rabbinic Judaism, well, that they have no commitment to Bethlehem either. Oh, wait a minute. Have you read? Have you seen the news recently? They got their red heifers for the temple, supposedly. Well, you know, from Israel? Well, no. And they have native red heifers right there roaming around in Israel. But no, 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 no. They got them from the U.S., Talk about a double standard of hypocrites.
Conlin proves he, well, doesn't know the Bible, as he offers the NIV interpretation, a very manipulated modern Bible, uh, missing 200 scriptures and greatly altered from the KJV. Uh, but he gives Exodus 12, 5, where it says, uh, for the Passover, uh, the lamb is to be, well, one year old. Oh, wait a minute. Is that what the Bible actually says? No. This is not true. And the NIV gets it wrong, which is no surprise for the NIV. It's a very manipulated Bible. That is not what the Bible says. He also repeats a lie. Oh, we're going to show you. Uh, he also repeats a lie in Messianic Judaism that, again, sounds good. Yeshua, wrong name. Watch the name of God series. It's missing letters. And you would think someone who supposedly speaks Hebrew. No, they speak Yiddish. They don't know Hebrew. They don't know ancient Hebrew. They don't know Bible Hebrew. Uh, it's, it's basically from the Talmud that they get that pronunciation, and it's false. Not the Bible. Uh, but is that Yahushua is the Passover lamb. Is that true? Actually, no. What scripture says that? None. Now, go search the KJV. None. We'll talk about Paul in a second. But let's correct this mindset because many of us have heard it. He says it means that it had to be born a year before in the springtime, the lamb, uh, because the lamb had to be one year old, right? And of course, he qualifies that by saying just in the spring at some point. But let's be clear, that's not true. There's only a week to maybe two weeks that that would even qualify and oh uh it, that doesn't work because that's before passover uh most years so again that is not what the bible says and when one does that and forgets the other well feasts and the well 52 sabbaths that also require animal sacrifice before yahushua again animal sacrifices in the old testament are year round I, I mean, I, how is it that a rabbi doesn't know that? Uh, this is no criteria for anything. Because if they had to be born in the spring and sacrificed in the spring, what about the fall feast? What about the Sabbath all 52 weeks of the year? It's nonsense. The Bible never says the Passover lamb had to be one year old to the season. That's not there, period. In fact, that's too old. And I'll show you the scripture. It is illiterate embellishment of a Pharisee who is lying to us. Let's go to the KJV on this because, wow, is he out of context poorly. And again, he's using a bad translation, which he should know better. Now, we'll get to the Passover as well. The KJV says, a male of the first year. Now, how do we read that? Well, the good news is, we don't have to just look at this one verse and understand it. The Bible actually teaches itself, and it explains itself. I'll show you. Now, it's understandable that viewing this alone, this fragment by itself, uh, one might be confused, even though actually the language is not confusing at all. How do we read it? Actually, a lamb that is within its first year is year zero before they turn 
one year old. How do I know that's how we read this? Let's go to scripture because it tells us so. See, Khan's one-year-old lamb is too old. He doesn't even know how to read. Here's the definition of a first-year lamb for sacrifice. Seven days it shall be with its, well, mom down, uh, essentially. And on the eighth day, you know, just a circumcision. Hmm. Amazing how the Bible does that. How about that? The Bible is so consistent. It is amazing. You shall give it to Yahuwah in sacrifice, not necessarily yet. Uh, this is also further defined. Scripture interprets scripture. No rabbi needed. And in fact, all a rabbi will ever do is lead us to hell, mostly, said Messiah. Those are his words. We have a whole chart on that in our books. The detail is in Leviticus 22, 27. It is after the eighth day, and really before, going back to Exodus 12, 5, before it turns one year old, that a sacrifice or a sacrificial animal was acceptable. Wow. I mean, this rabbi can't read. And again, it's not just him. You hear this wholesale across Judaism. Uh, you hear creeping into, into scholarship, scholars that read rabbis, and they don't know how to read the Bible, unfortunately. Also, as there are 59 sacrifices at least, you know, 52 Sabbaths, seven feasts, uh, throughout the Bible year, uh, no, there is neither anything uh, required that only those born in spring can be used. That's stupid. There is just nothing there. This is illiterate trash and it's never made any sense whatsoever. This is not a Bible position. It is Talmudic and it is nonsense. Now, wait, can, can we find a, an example in scripture uh, where maybe a prophet uh, sacrificed a lamb that was less than a year old uh, within this period to prove this was the actual Bible application? Why? I'm glad you asked. Yes, we can. In 1 Samuel 7, 9, the prophet Samuel, the prophet, took a sucking or nursing lamb. Oh, wait a minute. How old is a lamb that's nursing? Hmm, let's go there. And offered it for a burnt offering, holy unto Yahuwah. Now, here's the problem for the con man and his Pharisee friends. According to the science of sheep, the mother's milk peaks about three to four weeks. That's about a month in uh, after birth and steadily declines to half of that, about half of that uh, by the 10 week period. Uh, the average weaning of lambs off of their mother's milk completely is about four months worldwide. That's just science. What do I know? What does Jonathan Kahn know is the question, and the answer is nothing on this topic. What does this mean? Well, when Samuel took a nursing lamb, it had to be no more than about maybe six months old even, uh, giving a very conservative figure. Uh, in other words, as we showed you, Scripture defines itself because this fits in the window of 
between eight days old and just before one year old. In its first year means the first year of life, year zero. Samuel just proved that as well as Exodus and Leviticus. There you go. Not just one reference, folks. This is another stupid doctrine of illiterate Pharisees who can't read. Khan does not know the Bible and doesn't represent it. His Kabbalistic mysteries, which everything is to him, are fallacious and misleading as they are intended, well, from a good Pharisee who's following Talmudic doctrine, of course, lying to the Goyim. You gotta love this time of year. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire, right? Yeah, we are roasting this rabbi. In this interview, and no one sees this repeating uh, basically as a, a mantra in Messianic Phariseeism, that's what it really is, John Kahn says, Messiah is the Passover lamb, as if that is ever a biblical designation. Search it, it's never there. He is our sacrificial lamb all 59 times of the year, not just Passover. This has, yes, he is the Passover lamb. He's every lamb, but he is not designated as the Passover lamb in scripture ever specifically. Uh, this has always been false. Also, no, he did not die on Passover either. That is ridiculous because Passover only occurs at night during the dark hours and Messiah's crucifixion, the sun was out and the sun was darkened and that is illiterate to the passages we'll cover. Don't worry, we're going to go there. Again, he can't read, we'll explain. From Scripture, not our opinion and we will not be quoting the Talmud. Don't worry. Yes, 1 Corinthians 5.7, Paul does say, Yahusha is the Passover. But the Passover is not just about the lamb. That is illiterate. Understand, not only is he the sacrifice for Passover, and he is, because he is all 59 times of the year. However, there is far more to being the Passover than merely the lamb as well. How is it that this rabbi doesn't know that Israel was delivered from Egypt on Passover? I mean, this is what the event is all about. It's not just about the lamb. Duh. Talk about leavening a passage, rebuking leaven even. Wow. But we can take this further. Hebrews 10 is abundantly clear. Yahusha is our sacrifice for all 52 Sabbaths and all seven feasts, all, not just Passover, all, okay? That's just feasts and Sabbaths alone. But he replaces all animal sacrifice in Scripture, period, from the time of his sacrifice forward forever. We are never to sacrifice animals again since then, as to do so actually is to profane and undermine Yahusha's sacrifice. It's a slap in the face to him, in fact, and really it is a sign of a lack of faith. There will never be a time when animal sacrifice will be reinstituted or even needed, as Hebrew says, it is insufficient. That's clear 
And come on, even Paul rebuked those who were still offering animal sacrifices. Oops. And of course, Khan will support the third temple, you know, where the beast will declare he is God in spiritual Sodom and Egypt, Revelation 11, uh, which is Jerusalem. Hmm. Look how in verse 11 on screen, Hebrews rebukes those priests. I said Paul, I meant Hebrews. Um, Hebrews rebukes those priests standing in the temple in Jerusalem at this time who were still making animal sacrifices. Who are they? Pharisees, the Sanhedrin, not lost tribes of Israel. Do we really not know whom he just rebuked? I mean, come on. This is John Kahn and his Pharisees. The Pharisees were controlling the temple that they usurped, uh, as well as the priesthood at that time. We all know this. It is well documented. Watch who defiled the temple. They are the ones offering animal sacrifices wrongly after Yahushua already became that sacrifice. They rejected him. We know that. That's not a uh, mystery in scripture. Uh, and to do so is to reject him which is exactly what the so-called third temple will be, a rejection of him from its foundations and from its very building, because it's already, I mean, they're already talking about animal sacrifice, which is a slap in the face to Yahusha and to Scripture. There is no third temple commanded in Scripture, though it does say it will be built. It does, but it is not a positive prophecy. It's a negative one. All it says is it will be built for the beast to declare he is God. Ouch. But wait, Yahushua was not crucified. He wasn't, you know, put on the stake or the tree on Passover. No, that is absolutely ridiculous. To say so is to not even know what Passover is because it's only an evening event. Can't possibly be. So, okay, for those who can't read, especially uh, Rabbi Khan, uh, it, let's break this down for them so they can understand. Uh, they've been peddling this crap for years, fooling people. Passover is only an evening event, which they know and yet then forget. Just like he did in this interview, twice at least. Uh, it's defined in scripture as beginning at sundown and not before period. You cannot even sacrifice the lamb. The lamb is to be killed after the sun goes down. Messiah was crucified and he died during the daytime. That's not matching the Passover lamb, nor can it be on Passover, which is an evening event. What a ridiculous lie. Uh, and really right after uh, is when they did it, essentially, because they would then cook it, they would eat it, uh, they spread the blood on the doorposts, all those things happened, especially uh, on the first Passover. But see, Yahushua was crucified during the day. See, the sun can't be darkened unless it's out, right? I mean, that. last I checked, that was the case. Now, why can't this rabbi even read and doesn't know that the sun was darkened, evidently, uh, when Messiah was crucified. Well, they don't care. They wish to deceive. Uh, that is their doctrine. The lamb is awesome. Of course, they mess up the calendar. And if you watch Unleavening the Seven Days of Unleavened Bread, we fix it. So there's no question on that. The dates are there in Scripture. So you can't really mistake those seven days. And Passover is within those seven days. The lamb is also to be eaten after sundown, of course, and before sunrise. 
Ah, key point, which is the start of the next Bible day throughout all of Scripture. Now, watch when does the Bible day begin. We prove that. We dare you to watch it all and then try to debate. You will never, ever be able to. Never at sundown. Not a single day ever starts at sundown. There are feasts that do, but that's because they're evening events like Passover. Uh, atonement is always an evening event. Uh, it, it Throughout Scripture, uh, not just a day of atonement, but atonement generally is at the evening that one is atoned, and that's why it's an evening event. However, both of those timelines prove, if you chart them, that they begin in the evening on one day, the calendar day changes in the middle at sunrise, and then boom, you're in the next day. Uh, and then that day ends at sunrise uh, for the feast, but not the Bible day. The Bible day doesn't change. See, the dates changed. So it's over two different Bible days. We chart that. Watch those videos. We have a Day of Atonement video that does the same. We chart Messiah's death and resurrection in our Sabbath series, parts A through C. Watch them. Passover then ends to com be completed, basically. Uh, it's finished. All remains of the Lamb are to be burned, because Passover is over. It's done. It's finished by the morning, by sunrise. Notice that did not happen with Yahusha either. So if he was to follow the Passover lamb, he also should have been burned. Oops. And yet he wasn't. Oops. He wasn't following the Passover lamb. That is nonsense. So basically, if you break all of this down, when Messiah was crucified, it was daylight during the daytime as the sun was out and darkened. 9 a.m. he was placed on the cross uh, about noon, the sun darkened, and about 3 p.m., uh, he gave up the ghost, and none of that could happen during Passover, which is only an evening event and is over, finished, completed by sunrise the next day. Uh, there it is. I mean, that's that's there. So he was placed on the cross the next day after Passover, on the first day of Unleavened Bread, we prove that out in massive detail. Uh, and we'll show you some of those videos to watch. Now, this account is in all four Gospels, some with more detail than others. Uh, what many do is pull from one and not the others, missing the detail. Uh, we study all four in different videos, uh, especially our Sabbath series parts 6a through c, where we wrap up with a chart at the end. Uh, but in this video, we're just going to give you a mark, uh, basically, to uh, demonstrate this so you have it on screen. But go watch those videos for evidence uh, and, and the full uh, demonstration of the facts from Scripture. So the apostles come to Yahusha on the first day of unleavened bread, which includes the Passover that night. Yes, the first night, Passover. Unleavened bread has already started. What do we eat on Passover? Unleavened bread. See, that's the way that works. But again, the counting, if you watch Unleavening the Seven Days of Unleavened Bread, we chart it, and yes, Passover is included. There is no gray area of a daytime in between the first day of unleavened bread and Passover, which you have to add on the lunar calendar, which is the wrong calendar for the Bible. They screw it up, and they screw everything up, really. 
See, it says when they killed the Passover, which, by the way, cannot be killed until the evening, till the sun goes down. It must then be eaten before sunrise or all leftovers burn. The disciples ask where to go and prepare the Passover. But they and Messiah may eat. Duh. In other words, they're setting up for the Passover meal. That's what it says. It's pretty dumb for anyone to say, oh, but they didn't actually have a Passover. Yes, they did. It says so. They go into the city, find a man who leads them to a place where Yahushua says he will eat and then says he did eat. Oops. Do we read the Bible? It seems some do not. Uh, so he's going to eat the Passover with his disciples. Uh, basically, you know, to say otherwise is to just not read. Plain, especially English, it's right there on screen. The disciples do prepare the Passover meal, says the Bible. Who cares what any rabbi or even pastor or scholar says uh, when they don't know how to read? The Bible is the authority, is it not? In the evening, oops, that starts Passover, and Messiah was not crucified in the evening because he's eating Passover. He wasn't even captured yet, not till later that evening. He hasn't even eaten yet and will be taken later that night uh, to await trial. Not the trials by night, but the crucifixion then occurs the next morning. I mean, many things happened in between. you got to be kidding me. These guys can't read. They're not trying to. We are even given the morning hour around 9 a.m. the next day when Passover is over already. Oops. So he can't be the Passover lamb. That has never fit in terms of that. Uh, he will be in the next year. But he wasn't even that year. Understand that. He will be from now on. But he wasn't that year. Because Passover already passed. Over. Yahushua comes with the twelve as the four Gospels, we're back to the Passover evening, uh, all four Gospels together, undeniable on that, uh, they sat and they did eat. They ate, including Yahushua, who says he ate. Yeah, here it is. Look at the screen. He said, one of you who eats with me will betray me. Hello? He hasn't done the bread yet. He hasn't done the wine yet. There's no communion yet. This is before that, and he said he ate. So who's telling the truth here? Yahushua from his own lips and the disciples or stupid rabbis who can't read? Yeah, we know who. Now, he ate the Passover meal and was crucified on the first day of unleavened bread that next day. Why? Yahushua follows Isaac's timeline. The son of covenant promise. This is, this is what this story is all about. The covenant. Isaac was also to be sacrificed, very specifically, on the 15th of Abib, according to the book of Jubilees, that timeline is right there, during the daytime on the first day of unleavened bread. What would become that? Watch Isaac's sacrifice, where we correct that with scripture. It's all there. Also watch our Sabbath series, part 6C, where we create a timeline of the death and resurrection of Messiah. Without those two videos, 
don't even think about attempting debate in comments. We do not allow debate in ignorance here. You're not going to waste everybody's time. Our channel, our rules. He was also born on Shavuot, the feast day, that takes place on the 15th day of the third month, about June, the early June, uh, typically on our calendar, following Isaac's timeline exactly on the same day. Both paramount events, because this story is one of covenant, not following the Passover lamb, which is ludicrous. It's, it's a dumb statement, never should come out of anyone's lips. He does not follow the lamb and is not fulfilling covenant with the lamb. He fulfills the sacrifice, so a lamb, a bull, a goat, yeah, it's not just lamb, you do realize he replaces all animal sacrifice, all 59 plus times of the year. Duh. Abraham and Isaac are the key to understanding this. Watch our brief, at least, uh, Jesus' birth timeline uh, on screen, or really our entire When Was Jesus Born series. We spend a lot of time on this, folks, because this is important. We should understand when our Savior was born and when he died and all of the Pharisee leaven can all be dispelled. And we've done that over the last five or so years. One last thing, and I just got to point this out. On Baker's program, on screen, you can see there uh, this, the scroll at the bottom uh, with Christmas trees, of course, in the background and all the Christmas decorations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a love gift of $50, you will also receive a special bonus ornament, Christmas ornament, for your Mithra tree, rebuked in Jeremiah 10 outright, by the way. Baker wouldn't know that because he doesn't know the Bible. He doesn't even know it a little. That's what it is, as Yahusha is not the reason for the sun god's season. This is the sun god's birth. The people are celebrating whether they know it or not doesn't matter. That's what one is celebrating in Christmas, and it really doesn't matter whether they know it or not. That worship will never be accepted by Yahusha under any circumstance, says scripture after scripture after scripture. Yahuwah never mixes with other gods in worship. When you're having a Christmas dinner, you are inviting Zeus and Apollo to your dinner table, and he ain't coming with them. That's the way it works. Read the Bible and understand it. These guys are clueless, and con even more so, for going on this program, in fact. Uh, I guess it takes a con to know a con, right? Oh, I know the one is the next con, right? No, 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 he's still a con. Maybe not a, a prison con, but con nevertheless. He, too, does not represent the Bible, and all of his hawking of prophecy in order to sell goods uh, that are many times not even quality products uh, for money, 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 is really just Baker doing the same thing he used to do before he went to prison. It's really not that much different, just a new format, that's all. Basically, with this viral video from Jonathan Kahn uh, on this show, uh, Jim Baker's show, represents our lies in Pharisee 11. Lambing season, 
uh, is not exclusively spring and has nothing to do with Yahushua's birth, period. Temple lambs are not actually from Bethlehem in the Bible. That's nonsense, just made up Pharisee fluff. Uh, if Pharisees had such, well, who cares? Uh, if, in fact, they did so, it doesn't matter because they defiled the temple, changed scripture, and usurped the priesthood, operating against it, says Yahusha in Mark 7 and many other places, mind you. Yahusha did not follow the lamb at birth nor death, as this is not about the lamb's covenant with him. It's about mankind's. He followed the man example, the son of covenant, Isaac, being born on Shavuot, the feast day in early June, uh, most years, and he followed Isaac's sacrifice, being crucified on the first day of unleavened bread in the daytime not at night, which Passover is only night, period. Rabbi Jonathan Kahn is no expert on lambing season, let's be honest. He doesn't know the Bible in which the Passover lamb and sacrificial lamb is required to be actually less than a year old. Between eight days and just before a year is really the the benchmark given, and that's all we're given. Nothing that says it has to be over one year old, which is what he's saying, and certainly not exactly one year old. That's stupid. That's not even reading. It's really poor. Now, we saw that in Scripture. He doesn't know. He, he of course, is reading the NIV, which is really, really pathetic. Um, and it seems like he, he, you know, is unable to read Samuel's example as to how that worked in Scripture, offering a lamb in sacrifice uh, who was still nursing, meaning they were less than six months old, not a year. Pharisees really are useless in the interpretation of Scripture. When a rabbi comes on a program, run away, turn it off. It's a waste of your time. You're not going to learn anything other than what's wrong. The doctrine tells them to lie to us goyim. And they do it. I mean, there's no doubt. This guy's very good. He's passionate. Uh, you know, he's a great speaker. There's no doubt about that. He's just a liar. That's all. Uh, why would any of us ever listen to any rabbi on any topic, really, is the question. For they are the synagogue of Satan, who say they are Yahudim and are not, but do lie, Revelation 2.9 and 3.9. And we have tons of videos on the topic. Watch the true biblical Israel, for that matter. If they call themselves Messianic Jews, uh, they're still in the synagogue of Satan, all the same. Watch our full videos. And we prove this position. This guy doesn't prove anything except proving himself wrong as he conflicts with his own statements in this short interview. He doesn't know the facts and certainly does not know the Bible. May we all discern for ourselves because, my friend, you can prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Yah bless to everyone. About 382 AD, in the days of Jerome, known for the Latin Vulgate, a new term began to circulate in Bible scholarship, according to R.H. Charles. Certain texts of historical value, and even canon, were now labeled as something other than inspired scripture. The very concept is a clear redefining of books already in existence, and in most cases, text recorded as inspired scripture and Bible canon now somehow in question by those without any such authority. This paradigm remains today even further rooted 
as if it ever represented the historical approach to these Old Testament texts, as some vet as truth. How do these texts stand up to the Torah test? The answer on many of these books will likely shock especially scholars who have never actually conducted such research, which becomes evident. It's not in their paradigm. This canon was already chosen before there were Pharisees in Jerusalem and before there was ever a Catholic church. Those factions do not get to legitimately form councils to vote on that, which was already settled, fact, long before, even in archaeology. You are entering a zone for truth with our new Apocrypha Test series. Follow along, and together we will dispel the myths of modern scholarship. And man, are they profoundly lacking in intellect on this topic you will see not anymore download your copies of volume one and volume two of our comprehensive apocrypha research free in ebook today or get your copies at apocryphatest.com all links are there we now begin